Welcome into episode number 140 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Back with my main man, Joey House. We have not, still have not left Beaver Stadium. Um, I guess we just live there. We're um, not. We're not. Yeah. We're, why live a good thing? <laughs> right, right. It's getting a little too cold for this, but we're, uh, we'll, we'll find a way to, to survive the elements regardless. It's, uh, it's beat Maryland week. Uh, Joey's favorite, uh, favorite team. So, yeah. Next, next to Ohio State, I think I want to beat Maryland. I want Penn State to beat Maryland more. I mean, I uh, beat Michigan obviously because they're good, but I have my hatred for Maryland exceeds that of Michigan. Like I'm not. I'm one of the few, like the rare Penn State fans that, that doesn't hate Michigan. Yeah, I do. I definitely do. Yeah, I, and you are definitely not alone. Like my best friend, who is a diehard Penn State fan. Hates Michigan more than he hates Ohio State. No, just, no, like, see, I can't, I can't get it's, uh, it's Ohio State. Um, yeah, it's probably Ohio State, Michigan, then Michigan State for me. Um, wow, like I even like Michigan State. Like I, I could, I could root for them. Like when they're outside of the Big Ten. No, because they always play Penn State so extremely tough. I shouldn't say always, but it, a lot of seasons they do. Um, yeah, it, it definitely. There have been some really, really good games between those two, and and it's it's tough to go up there to win too. Like that is talk about the elements. I mean, that's some of the most challenging weather you're going to see in college football. I would say. Uh, so, yeah, I just I, I this year. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, yeah, because they're playing in Ford Field. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? Why? Why is that? Uh, I think they did it just to. So they could, I think they did so they could schedule it at night. Okay. Um, just to, I, the same reason that um, the Penn State's played a couple of uh, basketball games, home games in Philadelphia, just to like spread the spread the footprint of the university. That's pretty cool. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Last year they played. Uh, I think it, it – oh, no, it was Purdue. They pr- played Purdue at the Palestra because uh, the big man for Purdue was there, and they um, – yeah, they, they beat us pretty bad there. Not like the uh, play, not like the Big Ten Championship. But, um, yeah, so they do that like once once a year probably. The, the football team – you're not going to see the football team do that because the home games are, are way too much money. Like that's – Oh, and 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 you're yeah. I mean, you can't. There's no other. I mean, yeah. Obviously, there's stadiums that'll hold a hundred thousand, but there's no the outside of like in Pennsylvania. That is the only stadium that holds a hundred thousand. You know, so exactly. They're not right. going to sacrifice like going to Lincoln Financial Field is like half of that almost. Like not not quite that that level, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah it's not it's not nearly the level of Penn State. No, no, the capacity of Penn State has. Yeah, yeah, I think it's what like sixty five thousand or seventy. We're gonna find out. Get the research department on that one, but yeah, they're 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 not as slow today as they normally are. Um, <laughs> uh, there could be a reason for that. Um, <laughs> let's see here, but of course now all they're doing is giving me uh, seating charts with numbers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's. Seating capacity. There we go. Uh, 
Yeah, almost half. Like I, that is crazy. Yeah. About. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've actually been to the Palestra once. I want my, my dad's one of my dad's closest friends. He actually moved. Long story short, he lives in in North Carolina now, but he used to live uh, right over the border in Delaware. So we were always down at University of Delaware or, or you know, near Philly or or something like that. And he, uh, he got us tickets to Temple St. Joe's at the Palestra. And like oh, that's nice. that's like a tradition, you know. Like that's right. They play each other every year, but man, that that place it felt like it felt like people were standing on top of you. Like it was that, in, like because it's so tiny. Like yep. when, when you're jamming that many people in there, it feels like you're in a basketball gym almost. And there's like eight million people in there, and like it was electric though. Like, and I'm not even a huge like I like basketball. I don't. I don't know. It never. Like I. I like seeing it. I'm one of those people. I like. I almost had to see that in person to like really enjoy it because on TV, right. on TV, I'm like, ah, like some people refer to baseball that way. They're like, a lot oh, of people think like yeah. baseball about that. Yeah, but it it was cool. It was like, um, definitely like just uh, an experience and like uh, something I I remember. Like I I don't even know how old I was. Probably fourteen, fifteen. But it was uh, it was fun. It was that, yeah. That, that would be cool seeing the. Uh... The, now, can you name the big five out of Philly? Uh, I can give it, give it my best shot. <laughs> so, I think Temple's grouped into that, right? Correct. Temple St. Joe's. Yep. LaSalle. Yep. Uh, shit. No, shit's not in there. <laughs> Close. Close. Um, <laughs> damn. Well, LaSalle. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think. There's, there's Hofstra. No, Hofstra's in New York. Oh damn it! I don't know why that like lit a light bulb up in my head. <laughs> I was definitely gonna be right. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Without looking it up, I'll, I'll surrender. I guess. Okay, Penn University, uh, of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I never would have got that one. Yep. And then Drexel. Drexel. That 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 was probably the one I was really searching for, but. Yeah, no, it's uh, not that we talk a lot about college basketball, but there's our there's our college basketball for the for the evening. for the, <laughs> for the for at least for the podcast. Well, Russ, believe me when I tell you, we're gonna start talking more about college basketball as the season goes on because that's my biggest handicapper. Yeah, you'll you'll have to like, I don't know, not hold me down, but I you'll I'll I'll get into it a little bit. I I watch. I watched the tournament, but outside of that, I could really care less. But I will uh, definitely try to keep up with it better this year. You might get a little bit more interested as you get a little bit more skin into the game. That yeah. always seems to that always seems to increase the uh, the viewing of it. <laughs> yeah, but to get, I mean, really to to bring it back full circle, it is Maryland week for Penn State on the road. Uh, I think they opened up what at eleven or eleven and a half point favorites. Um, uh, I, I think it was like 12 and it's now down to 11. Okay. Yeah. So does that surprise you or do you think that's kind of right on, on par with what it should be? I, I think that's exactly what, what should happen. Um, I'm actually surprised it hasn't dropped a little bit more given how Penn state struggled against Indiana this past weekend. Um, but to negate that, Maryland went on the road and laid an egg at Northwestern. So yeah. uh, the 
if I'm going to be betting the game this weekend, I will probably actually be taking Maryland plus the points. Stay, I, stay, stay relatively close. Right. I um, Because with Michigan on deck, um, this, this could be a trap game. Oh, dang, I don't like the sounds of that. I did not like the sounds of that. I still think that, that we'll have enough to get by and win it. Um, and like we were talking about off air, right now we're in the stages where winning ugly isn't desired, but winning is all that matters right now. It, if you win every game by a point but beat Michigan, nobody fucking cares. Conversely, if you beat everybody by 30 and lose to Michigan, nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah, but, it, you know, like James Franklin says, like, like you know, every coach, I should say, in the nation tries to stress to his, his program or his team is, you know, it's it's to go 1-0. Like, you can't, you can't overlook any – and especially a conference opponent. Like, I mean, Maryland might have overlooked Northwestern. Like, we don't know. But, you know what I mean? It's like you have to show up and you have to show up for four quarters or you could get beat. Like, Maryland – Especially with uh, Tylea, I think is his name. I can never say it. I, I never feel great about saying it, but Tylea Tagavaloa. Uh, it's, it's just a mouthful. To his little brother. To his, to his little brother. Yeah, it, he's he he's definitely he can spin that thing. And um, not that Maryland's a hostile environment. It's not like you know Michigan, Ohio State, or anything like that. But you are going on the road. I, I expect you know a good amount of, of Penn State support there because it's not too too far. Um, you know, away from, from state college, but it's, yeah, you have to show up. You have to show up on both sides of the ball. I, I, I hope to see even against a better offensive team, obviously Maryland's far and away a better offensive team than Indiana, but you know, I, I hope the defense kind of cleans up last week's miscues, especially on big plays. Like you, I hope we don't see Maryland, you know, throwing 60 yard bombs or, or running, running up the gut for 60 yards. Like I, I just hope the defense is, is locked in this week. Yeah. And they're going to need to be because Maryland is, I mean, next to high state, Maryland's probably the best offensive team we've played this year. Uh, they average 280 yard, 280 and a half yards a game uh, through the air with two and a half touchdowns. The rushing game isn't spectacular, only 137 yards, uh, 4.5 yards a carry. But they do average one and a half yard, uh, touchdowns on the ground. Um, and they can, they can definitely give us problems. And, again, not enough to say that I don't – I mean, I feel very confident that, they're, that we're going to win, but that, that spread is – there's a lot of points on the road. Conference home dogs, they're they're tough. And I'm trying to see what the uh another thing another thing that worries me, just like this kind of popped in my head just now, is is Drew Alar on the road. Like Drew Alar on the road's numbers uh, not great, you know. So we hope that trend doesn't continue, obviously, but that has been a a, a, a talking point and that has been, you know, something that that Obviously, the 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 networks have pointed out quite a, quite often. Like, if you listen to any, whether it's the Big Ten or or ESPN, whoever it is, like 
they've talked about Drew Aller on the road is not the same as Drew Aller at, at Beaver Stadium. So for whatever reason that is, you know, maybe it's nerves, jitters, and, you know, that type of thing. I, I hope, you know, this is kind of a get-right game for him. But what's going to play into it is are the receivers making plays? Because if they're not making plays for him, like, it, you, you can only be so good with no receiving core. Like, you can't – like, Tom Brady, you could argue as much as I don't like him, he, he made a lot of those receivers at least – have a job in the NFL because of how great he was. So it's, you can't expect a kid drew a Larda to do like to, to have that type of standard, but like these guys have to create separation because if he's thrown in a, an extremely closed window, he can only have so much success. Right. Exactly. Correct. Um, and also we were all, we were a little off on the spread. You were actually right. It opened up at 11 and has come down to eight and a half now. Wow, that's um, pretty significant. Yeah, uh, which, again, still feels about right. Um, now, the number that I'm going to be looking at is the total uh, of 51. And I think that I'm going to go under. Because I think that our defense will address the issues that you talked about um, with the big plays that they gave up last week. And because of Drew's struggles on the road and our inability to have a, a really effective ground game this year, I, I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I probably won't take Maryland plus the points, um, but if, I, if you had to make me pick it, take a bet on that side, I, that, I would take Maryland plus the eight and a half. But I will definitely be taking the under of 51 Right now, it's juiced to the under. At, uh, the under is minus 112 off of the regular uh, 110. The over is minus 108. So they're trying to entice you to take the over, um, which indicates that that's a good, solid under bet. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. I, I, I expect the defense to get things right, um, but um, to his little brother, has has shown that he can be I mean he he owns every not that Maryland has like an extremely rich history of of quarterback play but he's he's broken he's shattered every single record they have so I mean he he's definitely a player like it's no doubt about it and he'll get I think he'll get drafted I mean I'd be surprised if he didn't and oh, I, I definitely think he'll get drafted now in in reference to owning the uh the all the records and things like that. That's tough because there have been some really good quarterbacks that came out of Maryland. Um, Boomer Sison. Oh, uh, see, Frank, see, I, Frank. I'm not well educated on it. That's that's more so the problem here. So, uh, well, no, I mean you you just weren't living when, when they were there. Um, but the difference is that the game is so much different than when when those guys plays versus now. So, the, uh, they don't. They threw. I mean, a fraction of what they do now. So, um, even though, I mean, Sean Clifford owns practically every record in Penn State's passing book, uh, passing history. Does that mean he's the best quarterback out of Penn State ever? Absolutely not. He just. <laughs> 
he might be the best. He might be the best quarterback on the Packers, though. That, that, I, he very well could be. That's a hot take, and, but Jordan Love hasn't played so well. So, well, and here's another hot take. I mean, is Franklin regretting sticking with Clifford now that Levis fucking balled out and threw for four TDs and got a win? I often th- like I watched Levis a little bit at Kentucky, and I thought. Like my God, why didn't we at least give this guy some reps and sh- and like? But they did. That's the thing. When he got in there, he was just as bad as Clifford was, and which led you to believe that it wasn't necessarily the quarterback situation. It was more like the offensive line. They didn't have the supporting cast around him, um, because Cliff. I mean, Levis definitely got some snaps. I mean, and there was a game where he started and had a shitty first half and and. Franklin yanked him and put Clifford back in, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, see, um, like, for whatever – there was a time period, you know, full disclosure, like, I I kind of checked out of sports a little bit. I, I don't really don't know why or what it was, but, like, I want to say around, like, 2016. So, like, I remember the Eagles Super Bowl. I was following that hardcore, but I think I almost lost a little bit of, like, Penn State coverage or, like, I just stopped watching it and, like – I think Clifford's freshman year, I didn't really watch. And, like, like there was a gap where I kind of just took off college. I don't know why. I really don't. But, um, see, like, all that's a blur to me. So, like, you're, you're, I'm sure you're exactly right. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, I've never seen Will Levis play at – I know he was at Penn State, but I never saw him actually take the field at Penn State. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, Grant, in his – in your defense, I mean, it wasn't for very long. Um I think, I mean, I think that he started one game, um, if I'm not mistaken. I remember uh, Veyer's game, but I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I want to say that, uh, yeah, so in 2020, what was that the, uh, yeah, that was the uh, COVID year. He, uh, he came in in Nebraska. He was 14 of 31, so it wasn't great. I don't know if he started that game or not. And then in, against Iowa, he was 13 of 16. So those are, I mean, in two games, he had 47 passing attempts. But um, I, I think what happened was he started Nebraska, didn't do very well. And then Iowa, it was then it was flip-flop. Clifford was sucking the joint up, and they put Levis in. And 13 of 16, but only for 106 yards. So he, I, I wonder. I I really do wonder though if you gave Levis a full. I'm not going to sit here and say he's like he would have been better than Sean Clifford or the same or worse. Like I I really don't know, but I would love to have like at least seen one complete season out of him. Like that would yeah just based on like what he went on and did at Kentucky. Like I mean it's one NFL game, but he was. I mean he has a cannon for an arm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and I always thought he was more athletic than than Clifford, but I think that Clifford is just a, or at least the, the coaching staff thought that he was just a better like game manager, better overall general. Um, but quarterback controversies are tough. I mean, I, you probably don't remember that. Well, I know you don't remember it because you weren't alive again, but you might not even known this. Jim Kelly was at Penn State. Not no, the Buffalo Bills. Know. Yeah, yeah, he was he was at Penn State, and that was when um, Todd Blackledge was there. And Joe Paul wanted to make Jim Kelly a linebacker. 
<laughs> just thinking that a Hall of Fame quarterback was gonna almost a fucking linebacker at Penn State, and obviously Kelly's like, okay, see ya. Went off to Miami and the rest of history. Um, Jeff Hostetler, who was also a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Giants, was also at Penn State at the same time Todd Blackwich was there. So Kerry quarterback Collins. controversy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because Kerry Collins had a quarterback controversy with uh, Tony Sackett's little brother John, and like he, everybody thought that he was going to go there. And I mean, Kerry was very. I think Kerry was close to transferring. I w- I was watching a game with Kerry on YouTube the other day. And like he, not I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but like the way he released the ball, like it was just the very most unorthodox release ever. Yeah, it, it was, was like it, bizarre. I thought like I, like I watched him do it once, and then I was like, okay, I, like I thought a little bit about it, and then I saw I like continued, and I'm like, man, that's just how he throws. Like that wasn't yeah. like he. It almost looked like Mah- when Mahomes sidearms it, it almost looked like that type of motion, but it was just yeah. very like, and it and it worked, but it was like. It just didn't look right at all. Like, it didn't look... Not quick in the least. No. Like, it, it was very unusual. Like, I've never seen... Very unorthodox. I've never seen a, a, any other quarterback with a remotely... With even a remotely close release like that. But again, like you said, it worked. Yeah, it worked well. I mean, obviously. But, yeah. I mean, I think this game does scare me more than... Um, Trying to think, but I mean, obviously the Ohio State game had me. I, I was doubtful that Penn State was going to win. I mean, I, I really, I would have been shocked if Penn State won because uh, I think we win that game though if it would have been in half a Valley. Not with the way that we played, but I would hope that they. I mean, I, again, I put that more on the coaching staff than the the talent. I think our talent is good enough to beat Ohio State. I'm not so sure that our talent is good enough to beat Michigan. Yeah, I agree, and I think. Offensive line scares me a lot in the Michigan game. And I think yeah. like, I, I just, the, those, that team in the trenches is, it's going to be a weird comparison, but they, they remind me of the Eagles in the trenches. Like they are just absolutely loaded offensive line, defensive line. They're, they're oh, just you mean Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. Yes. Like they're, they're men among boys compared to pretty much everybody in the, in the trenches. And, and that's been the way the last couple of years has, has been. So um, yeah, uh, not to fast forward and get off track with that, but we'll have time to talk about that this coming week, and and probably even on Saturday after this game, we'll we'll start to uh, turn the page on to Michigan. But it's uh, like you say, this this has the potential to be a trap game. It feels like, you know, I hope they come out and take it to them. Like I hope, I hope they don't come out like offensively. They they came out pretty good against Indiana, but it's going to be on the road. And like them coming out flat, I could definitely see it. And yeah, I, I, I agree. 100%. It's a little bit terrifying. Like if they get down, if they get down like a, two touchdowns on the road with the way this offense has been playing, I'm, I'm fearful of them rallying. You know, like the, at that point, I'm gonna have to think. You know, the defense is gonna have to create a turnover or something, and give them a short field because I, I just don't fully trust this offense in the way it, they haven't been in sync in, in a couple of weeks and. In my well, I mean they have been, but it's been very inconsistent, and really, it's only been at home where I feel very confident in them. So, right, and that's why I give us a, a at least a puncher's chance against Michigan because it is at home. I mean, good God, could you imagine if we played both games on the road? 
which has happened. Yeah, which has has it has it. Yeah, it's been going to stay. It's. I'm pretty sure it happened. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I I could have swore there was. Not uh. Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Um, uh, there's that the, the way the NCAA shits on Penn State, I would imagine it's happened. Like, well, see, but it's the Big Ten who is responsible for our scheduling, so I think that's why it hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, if if it would have been up to the big, if it would have been up to the NCAA, I mean, now the Big Ten shits on us because they make we open up on the road in conference every fucking year. Yeah, which is yep, ridiculous. Yep. That's what I was. That's um, exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, but. Now, now, go ahead. Uh, so, give me some more more thoughts as I do the quick research. Here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that probably concludes about just about. I mean, you know, if you if you get a chance to pull that up, but it, I don't know. I I really hope the offense comes out clicking on some type of cylinders in the first half. I'm not going to say the first drive, but you know, before halftime, I hope Alar gets his his feet underneath him and. Really, I hope the defense can like not allow the big plays. I think that's going to be the the biggest separator. Um, my buddy, always a captain on Twitter, uh, you know, guy. We've done a lot of Orioles talk and and a lot of baseball podcasts and and things of that nature. He keeps telling me that Maryland's going to win, and I'm like, put your money where your mouth is, put some money on it, and he won't. So hopefully, he <laughs> listens to the pod and because uh, I keep giving him a hard time every time because he brings it up to me. He keeps saying that. Oh, uh, Penn State's not great on special teams. Penn State is this. Penn State is that. I'm like, all right, man. Well, you know, if you think all those things, which is, you know, valid in some ways, in some respects, you know, definitely put some money down because I, I do think Penn State still wins, but I, uh, I don't feel, I don't feel outstanding for this matchup. I don't feel, you know, I don't have all the confidence in the world, but I, I think somehow, some way, if it gets to be a very close game, they will still pull it out. Right. And I think, too, that they s- still have a lot of motivation for the uh, handshake snub yeah. back in 2014 or 13, whatever year that was. Um, and <laughs> I saw a thing on Twitter. A Maryland fan said, Maryland is 1-0 when refusing to shake hand, <laughs> when refusing the handshake at pregame. And I'm like, I told him, uh, even though I blew blue away, I, I like that take. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was that was surprising. That was just like it happens every once in a while. I remember that uh oh, Kansas played Oklahoma when Baker Mayfield was there. And ah uh, yes. And Baker Mayfield went ape shit on that. Like he was throwing bombs all game long. They were just and he I remember he turned and he turned to the crowd and he said, Go go root for some go root for the basketball team. Right, <laughs> Kansas, you know, known to have a good basketball team. It was right. funny. I, I love Baker. I'm I'm a big supporter of his. So I, I I like Baker too. That was also the year that Katy Perry asked Baker Mayfield out on uh, college game day. So <laughs> damn, I don't remember that at all. I do, and I'm like, what a lucky fuck that kid is. He was uh, he was kind of. I mean, I shouldn't. I started watching the Johnny Manziel uh, documentary a little bit. Your your favorite player of all time. Um, <laughs> But maybe maybe Baker was like a, I don't want to say to that level, but like a mini Johnny Manziel because I remember he got he got public drunkenness charges and he was like stumbling all over the place and he's a very bold guy you know he's a very he's not a 
he's not a Sean Clifford that just kind of says and does all the right things. He's right. kind of like he's kind of like take me as I am or or fuck off for for all intensive purposes. So, yeah, it, crazy times in in college football like that when Baker was at OU and like there was just so much going on during that time period of college football and um, always is, but it's uh, yeah, it it it's been an interesting season as a whole in the end in in the college football landscape. I think Dion has brought a lot of buzz to. To college football, which is has been a good thing, and yeah, it, it's you know Alabama isn't the almighty superpower that they usually are. They're a little bit down this year, so that's that's been a storyline. But obviously, Georgia has not really. I mean, they don't look as dominant, but they really haven't skipped a beat per se. Like they're still chugging along. So it's and and the likes of Ohio State obviously are up there again. So it uh it'll be interesting, like especially with these these. College football, like the playoff rankings coming out or coming out, it's and Penn State being on the outside looking in that that Michigan game. Like I said, I don't want to preview it yet, but that is like that is everything at this. That's point. their season. Yeah, like beat Maryland. You have to beat if you lose to Maryland, then it's right. Beat, you've got to win your, the. You've got to win out. Their playoffs start now. If they want to make the the CFP, their playoffs basically started as soon as they lost to Ohio State. Um, And going uh, just before we go into the break, you were correct, sir. We played both teams on the road frequently, but when you were a very, very young pup back in the (laughs) uh, mid to late 90s and early 2000s. So I guarantee you probably don't – well, I shouldn't say I guarantee that. No, no, you can can guarantee it. I don't. I don't remember that. Um, Well, like what's your first Penn State memory? Uh, I see. I don't have like a game per se. I remember Anthony Morelli well. I remember that okay. like that era. Um, outside of that, I want to say that's where kind of it started. Um, yeah. Before, uh, no. I well, I remember going to my grandma's house and on my dad's side, and the orange the orange bowl was on, and it was like when Daryl. Cl- I think Daryl Clark was a quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. No, Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson, yeah, which always throws me for a, a loop because then I think Allen Robinson in it, just I don't know, um, but like that Orange Bowl win, like that was a big, that was a, a you know pretty historic win for Penn, like that's that's up there. So um, yeah, the, the, I do remember that. The I don't remember overtime game where they beat Bobby Bowden. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 big matchup, obviously, and um, but yeah, that that's kind of where it all really really started. But I I truly didn't know what was going on like to it full degree till probably like the Anthony Morelli era. And then obviously, well, he was actually on that team. He was, I think he was a freshman. Um, but yeah, Michael Robinson with, I think won the uh, big 10 player of the year. Uh, they had a thousand yard running back and Tony hunt. Uh, Jesus Christ. Bowling green, you suck. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and the linebacking core, that was when they had Paul Pelosi. Dan Connor, yeah, Tim Shaw. Uh, I mean, there that those defenses were stacked too. Who, which is there was, oh, man, there was a. I don't know if you'll remember. I think it was an Italian kid, a safety back in the day on Penn State, which is I know that's probably so vague, but I forget. I think he was like number seven or number nine, or so, I can't even. Well, remember. there was a Justin King who was number seven. Yeah, yeah, not Justin King. Damn it, I'm never gonna think of that. I'll, I'll have to do some research like off 
off air okay. like that that's gonna take some digging to figure that one out but um i just remember that kid being such a good player but i met i met paul Puznuzli at the york mall one time uh autograph signing type deal oh yeah, yeah so you he, have his autograph yeah somewhere somewhere around here nice. but yeah he was i mean that guy was a i mean any nfl linebacker i'm sure is a monster but he was like he had muscles on top of muscles that guy yeah, muscles out of his ears and everything else so and he played um, – I think he was a quarterback in high school too because he came That's out of funny. Pittsburgh. And, yeah, just like – I just remember him. He had no neck. Yeah. He looked yeah, like Job of the Hut. <laughs> just run your ass over. <laughs> Minus all the fat. So uh, coming when we come back from the break, we will uh, talk about the first college football playoffs rankings that you had us uh, looking on the outside looking in, and we'll see where we can go from there. So, so what do you think? Do you, is it uh is it fair where Penn State lands in the uh the college playoff format or like the where the rankings are? I should say the current the first rankings, rankings absolutely. Um, because I, in all honesty, looking at the teams that are above them, I don't. Other than maybe Mississippi, I don't really think that we're significantly better than any of them. Um, I think we're better than the teams that are below us. Uh, like Missouri and Louisville are the uh, only other one-loss teams that are ranked um, or th- that we're ranked ahead of. So, and then two lanes all the way down at 24. So, yeah, I have no problem with where we're at. Um, I mean, are, are we better than Oklahoma? I don't think so. Are we better than Alabama? Don't believe so. Are we better than Texas, Oregon? No. And then you got the five undefeated teams. So, yeah, we're 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 right where we should be. And and again, being this slow, there's going to be upsets and like galore. So all we have to do is mind our shop and win, and we'll be fine. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate but true. I think that's that's like where my my takeaway is is. But as we've we've touched on time and time and time again, is we control our destiny and and ultimately, like if we beat Michigan, you know, a lot can change. Like that, that that flips everything on its on its head for the season. So, um, yeah, hopefully, push through Maryland, get a win, and then are you going to be? Uh, this is the last thing I'll, I'll ask you before we move on. I think are you going to be as nervous? more nervous or less nervous than you were for the Michigan game comparably to the, to the Ohio state game weeks ago. More nervous. Yeah. Uh, Because of how we looked against the Ohio state. I, we just were, I mean, that was one of the worst game plans I've ever seen in my entire life. And now I, I do believe, I mean, I'd like to think that our coaches could learn from their mistakes and we're able to do so, but this, where we struggled at in that game, our offensive line wasn't that spectacular. Our receivers had problems separating. And we couldn't, I mean, we ran the ball well and then got away from it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I do think, however, that with Drew throwing his first interception, now he's not, 
I mean, I, I honestly believe that that probably had a little something to play with it in the back of his mind. He's just thinking, I don't like he wanted the streak to continue. I mean, who, who the hell doesn't? So I'm hoping now that 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 monkey's off his back, he might open up and start throwing the ball a little bit more downfield, a little bit more vertically. And I think that'll be a, a good thing for him. Yeah. I mean, players can say all they want about, you know, I, I would, I don't think about that or that doesn't come into my my psyche or, or or what have you but like you can't when you haven't thrown an interception you're probably trying very hard not to throw like you're trying even more you're trying harder if I can actually get this sentence out you're trying harder uh to not throw that in. like you kind of want to keep that as perfect as and as squeaky clean as possible like and, absolutely I mean if he went all season without throwing one I would be like you know that would be badass but it, it's unrealistic to think like that because, I mean, there's tip. I mean, how many of Jalen Hurts' passes this year probably shouldn't be interceptions, but a ball gets tipped here, there, you know, tipped to the line or the receiver get, hits off their hands and then boom, it's intercept. like, so it, it's not all on the quarterback. Too. Like, his was a horrible, inter- like, it was a bad interception. There's no way around that, but it's, it's something that's going to happen. It's just you try and limit it. Like, you don't want, when your quarterback's throwing 10, 15 interceptions a year, you, that's that's a big deal. Then you're right. deep shit. So. And I think, too, because he hadn't thrown it, he was much more inclined to check it down versus to try to – I don't want him to force the ball and make a bad throw, but I think because he hadn't thrown one, he was, like I said, more inclined to check it down rather than try to force the ball downfield. So. Yeah. 100%. Again, now that he he has this off of his back, I think I think the sky's the limit, and the, that interception could end up being one of the best things that ever happened to the kid. Hundred percent agree. I yeah from from the sky's the limit to I would say the sky's falling. I would you know that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> the uh, God, the Las Vegas Raiders, man. I don't quite understand how they can continue to get it this wrong and and just just fail miserably like there's no way around it they so they clean house today um you know you wake up today that josh mcdaniels is gone which i can get your you know i'd like to get your your take on it but i just think he as a head coach is just not the guy and then uh nick lombardi or i'm sorry mick lombardi um offensive coordinator is fired and the gm uh, who, yeah, shoot. Oh, Dave Ziegler. Z, uh, Ziegler. Uh, so yeah, GM, Josh, GM, head coach, offensive coordinator, all fired in pretty much a one day span. You know, we talked off air. It probably happened after that, that Monday night debacle that was against the Lions. I mean, not that I don't think many people expected the Raiders to, to win that game, but just the way they've played this year, the way the teams assemble, like everything is, has just gone absolutely haywire. I think multiple players on that team don't want to be there, which I don't really blame them. It's they're three and five. It feels like they're zero and eight, to be honest with you. It's just that bad. So what do you think? Was it, was it the right thing to do? You know, week going into week nine of the NFL to just clean, just say enough is enough. And then like, you know, what would you do? I, I should say is as if you were the owner of the the Oakland Raiders, would you 
be on the lookout nonstop for like college coaches? Like uh, they, what would, what's kind of the consensus you'd come to as far as, cause if you miss on another coach, it's like, I mean, it, the fan base has got to be, it, it sucks. They move from Oakland in my opinion. Like it's just, they'll, they'll always be the Oakland Raiders to me, but still, I mean, th- this team is just, the fan base has got to be just sick and tired of, losing year in and year out. I mean, they, they barely make the playoffs when they have Derek Carr playing at a pretty good level. It's just, it's always something. If the offense is good, the defense sucks. It's just, they can never, never fully get it together. Yeah. The last time they won the division was when they lost the Super Bowl in 2002. Uh, <laughs> and that's bad. <laughs> since then they've gone through one, two. Okay. So, um, Bill Callahan was their coach back then. And since since then, uh, hold on here for the finger being difficult. Uh, so he lost the Super Bowl in 02, uh, went 4-12 the next year and got fired. Then since Callahan, they've had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 different coaches since 2003. It's uh, um, <laughs> so we've t- talked before about stability. That is the polar opposite. Yeah. They're not exactly the Steelers. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an understatement of epic proportion. Um, I, I think it's tough to fire a coach in the middle of the season, uh, but I don't, I can't say this, but it wasn't warranted. Exactly. And yeah. and the thing is, that, like, you look, there's still, like, the AFC is, I mean, they're not going to win their division, but they still have a, I mean, they're not out of the playoff hunt by any stretch. Yeah, that's, that's another thing with, the NFL being so, so much different. I mean, like you say, polar opposite, like polar opposite to college football. Like you lose one or two games, you're, you're, you're outside looking in the NFL. It's like, if you can just stay afloat, like I, I think the giants were, what was it? 16 games back then or what? Yeah. 16. They they went like seven and nine and won the Super Bowl. So it's like, um, it is, it is a completely different world. I understand that completely, but yeah, it. Uh, you're you're exactly right. Like he, him getting fired mid season. Like I think it's just, you know, maybe Mark Davis being so displeased with how this team has been that it's like, I don't want to sit through an entire year of like I know he he's probably thinking I know what's going to happen if I keep everybody intact that that I disagree with being intact. You know, like at some point just cut the bait and just say okay. We might lose this season. You know, next season might be a complete question mark. But like, the, he has no trust in these in these people that are in position because to do that so abruptly and to just fire sale like that. I mean, McDaniel's he had two years. It's funny he lasted. I mean, not even two years in Vegas. Two two complete seasons, but two complete se- or uh, no, I'm sorry, he got fired mid season. With that, uh, twelve games into to his second year in Denver in 2010, so he's now 20 and 33 as a head coach. 
Not great, obviously. And he was nine and sixteen with the Raiders, and he finished eleven and seventeen with the Broncos. So, I mean, it's like identical. You look at it; it's so similar. You know, like it played out so similar that I would never hire this guy to be a head coach. Like, I, I just don't. It doesn't work in my opinion. Like, I know it's a very short two stints, um, but it has failed miserably. Like, it's just not. He's not even a 500 coach. So, Yogi Berra once made the statement, it's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> and that's exactly like watching watching this. Oh, come on. You got to score this motherfucking touchdown. God damn it. <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> Mid, <sighs> mid-podcast uh, betting reactions. Yes. Live air, you know. <laughs> Love the Mac. So... <laughs> Um, I, I think it's, it's also difficult because it, because it did get rid of the head coach and the offensive coordinator. So, and the GM, like, and the GM. Well, I mean, I can, I got, like, so who's the interim GM now? Um, that I, that I didn't read that I, I didn't uh, get hold, to, but hold on here for a second. Uh, Champ Kelly. Not Chip Kelly, but Champ Kelly. It's a better name anyway, Champ. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chip just sounds douches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't he definitely doesn't coach like he has a chip on his shoulder. He thinks he knows everything. But um what, what do you like if you're if you're sitting there as Al Davis though, like are you are you watching like what do you think is the right because I don't know if necessarily there's a right way. Like the Eagles bring in Doug Peterson after he, you know, he wasn't even an offensive coordinator. I don't, I don't think was he or eventually. I, no, I, he I know he's a, the quarterback's he a quarterback coach. coach and right, just right. like just like Andy Reid. Andy Reid was not an offensive coordinator. He went from quarterback coach to head coach. Yeah, making that jump. So, like, in your estimation, and you like, if you're handed the keys to the to the Raiders. What what direction are you, are you trying to find? I mean, obviously you're not taking like a, you're not taking Nick Saban away. You're not taking, you know, Kirby Smart or anybody like that. But like, are you trying to find an elite college coach and bring him into the NFL? Are you like Josh McDaniels? Obviously, being an offensive coordinator, are you trying to find another offensive coordinator? Um, maybe you go pick somebody up from from San Fran. It seemed like San Fran is like now a a massive coaching tree too that like you can just like Salas had success with the Jets who have been inept for so long. And then um, D'Amico Ryan's looks like he's slowly turning that Houston team around already actually. So like, what what do you think the right course of action would be? Oh, okay. So first off, Doug Peterson was a offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for three years under Andy Reid and then went to, then took over the Eagles. Um, so, well, you, you know, there may be a uh, a pretty well-known coach named uh, Jim. Captain Jim may be on the market after after this whole fiasco with Michigan. I and, and at least he's had success in the NFL ranks. Yeah. Uh, oh, for because sure. That has been difficult for many great college coaches because. And I think it's interesting to see college coaches that have struggled, like 
historically successful college coaches that have struggled in the NFL, which highlights just how vast, vastly different of a game the NFL is to the college one. Um, so because Harbaugh has bridged that gap and had success at both levels, I mean, I would, I would think he would be a, a candidate, uh, would be highly looked at. Um, there was somebody actually I just saw on ESPN that said that the uh, the college or the, the Vegas job would be interesting but very challenging. Oh, without um, a doubt. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that that McDaniel's walked into like a a beautiful situation and and thrived like he that I mean. But the thing about the Raiders, like they have some elite players. It's just. It's probably, you know, I don't know the team extremely well, but I think it is such a mixed bag. Like you have your Josh Jacobs, who's a, you know, top five back in the game. And then you have uh, Devontae Adams, who's a, probably a top three receiver on a good team. Like if he had a, like when, when Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the ball, he was a top three receiver. So it's, I don't know. Like, and then I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank on the, I think he's a defensive end. He's like covered in tattoos, but such a good, uh, he was like an alcoholic uh, at one point. Um, I just forget his name. He's like an absolute beast. Um, oh, shit. Well, we will find out here in a second. I mean, I'm not going to be able to determine off of his uh, tattoos, but. <laughs> uh, not, uh, not defensive. Max Crosby. Yeah, Mason Mason Crosby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max or Ma- Max Max Max. Yeah, Chandler. They have Chandler Jones, who's a hell of a player too. Like they have some guys. It's just like I I don't know. They they need they. I knew Josh McDaniels was going to be a mistake though. I was I that was not the right move and proved to be true again. But well, I, I think I mean, like you said off air, he is a great excuse me position coach. And because they had such young talent at the quarterback position, they probably thought that that would be beneficial for them. And unfortunately, it's not. Like it, it didn't. It didn't translate well. It didn't translate to success at all. And so, I don't know. Like that is. That is just. I mean, twelve coaches since two thousand two. That's just a, that's a very difficult franchise, and then you look at the fucking Steelers. You've had two, <laughs> right? Yeah, polar, polar, polar opposites. Yeah, I mean, it's... you just can't get any more different, and so it's just that's just frustrating. Um, and, and and unless a coach retires, when you're coming into a, when you're coming into a situation like that, you're you're going to be like you're going up against against it and that's not that's not easy to change that around um fucking belichick was a was a bust before he got to new england he was a bust with the jet i mean well for the day or two that he coached the jets like he went or and he was bad at cleveland yeah it, it, there's a lot of factors obviously i just yeah, it, it it really things that like I think Sirianni walked into a team that had such a they like the Eagles 
to their credit, like as many draft picks as they've missed on, because trust me, in the last 10 years before the last couple of years, like they missed on a ton of them. But they built the trenches so well that at least he had that, you know, going for him. Like he walked into a team that has a good offensive line and defensive line. Now let's figure out the quarterback situation. Let's develop players, you know, get some weapons and that type of thing. But like, did Josh McDaniels walk into a situation that was set up for success? Like even like you could see a vision, probably not. Like it was probably, all right, let's see what we can do. You know, like let's one thing at a time here. Right. Or at least the Eagles had like a blueprint to great offensive line, great defensive line. So it's like, okay, now what do we need to address? It's probably with the Raiders. It's like cornerback safety, you know, tight end, <laughs> yeah. offensive line, running. It's just the list. Well, goes, not running back. Not running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's. But yes, they have. Holes and I can everywhere. remember when they drafted. Um, oh, um, Amani Tumor. No, fucking. Uh, Cooper. Or Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Amari. I was so psyched on them. I'm just like, oh, that's going to be a big pick. And, I, I mean, he's a good receiver, but he just never realized his full potential there. No, he was probably – he's probably better on Dallas than he was on on Oakland. Right. So. Absolutely, I agree. And now, uh, so now he's on – a uh, developing situation here. Bowling Green just held on fourth and two on their own – or on Ball State's 30-yard line, there's a minute and 24 seconds left. So either – and Bowling Green got the ball back. So they either break a touchdown or Ball State's got all three timeouts. They hold them and force them to kick another field goal. They're up by three right now. So we could still get a backdoor front-door cover. <laughs> or a front-backdoor cover. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of developing – oh. Never mind, Gallon. No hitter is is gone. Is gone because it's one nothing Texas. So, um, it is still a developing story though because Texas could win win the World Series tonight, and you know they they have a one nothing lead and runners on the corners, top seven one out. So, um, you know as as this progresses, you know we don't have too much of the pod to go, but you know we will. Uh, I'll try and keep us up to to date on that and. Yeah, I called Texas in five games, so it's looking like that might be exactly should have put money on on that exact result. But um, yeah, because that probably would have been like plus seven or eight hundred. Yeah, yep. I thought Arizona would win one game, and they did. And I wish Arizona would win the series, but I just if I'm if I'm going with my gut and what I think is going to happen, I, I definitely think Texas is above and beyond, you know, a better team. So. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, game five, one nothing Texas. Poor Arizona. You'll never, you know, I mean, you never know when you'll get back to the World Series, but you, the, the Diamondbacks, it's like you really don't know. I mean, it, it, just not extremely confident that they'll be they'll be back soon. I don't know. Yeah, I would I would concur with that assessment. Texas, maybe. I mean, the AL is is tough, but. Although Scherzer went out, he we may have seen the last of Max Scherzer, which is kind of sad. It is, yeah, it definitely is. What he uh, injury or you mean like him just? Well, yeah, he was in. Something happened to him. Um, like they took he only lasted three innings his last outing, 
Um, and he's been him and, and uh, Chapman, I think, have been ruled out for the remainder of the series. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but yeah, other than that, what do you think about? Well, we'll we'll touch on a couple of the. Tra- I mean, really, the two trades from from the Commanders. I'd say is obviously uh, Chase Young. First of all getting dealt to the 49ers, and then was it Mon- I Montez can- Sweat? Yeah, um, getting dealt to the Bears. Like, what do you what do you make of Washington kind of unloading a little bit? I think I think they actually – this might be a hot take, but they might get better in the next couple of years only because, I mean, they had some of the worst ownership in sports, I'd argue, um, with Dan Snyder at the helm. And now, you know, Josh Harris – also owner of the the seventy sixers running that team. I mean owning that team I should say. And I think if if the enemy isn't the head coach next year, I'll be shocked. Like I I think Riverboat Ron is overstayed his welcome. It hasn't worked. Um and the enemy, like I mean you see what he can do against the Eagles defense. I mean I I have my doubts about the Eagles past defense as it as it is. But my God, like he he is a creative mind and I think he could be he could be a good head coach. Like that's that's not exactly a hot take. I think most people might think that way, or or some at least. Like, what do you think? What I'm do you think shocked of the commander's he's not situation? a head coach yet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that you hit the nail right on the squarely on the head. He was brought in. At, I mean, not if it wasn't officially said, but I mean, pretty much everybody believes he was the head coach in waiting, and. So I'm shocked that they – what the fuck are they doing? They're going for it on fourth and seven instead of trying to kick a field goal. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, of course, he gets sacked. Stupid. Uh, I mean, that's how bad their their place kicker is. I will grant you that, but yeah, he didn't okay. even throw the fucking ball. Like, I think he was just trying to, like, unreal. So now what we have to root for is for Ball State to go down there. I apologize for interrupting the podcast, but we need Ball State to go Don't. down there, kick a field goal, and send it to overtime, so, and that maybe we can get a uh, an overtime cover there. Oh, boy. Um <laughs> but with with Washington doing what I mean, it set them up very, very nicely for the future, absolutely. But with them doing that, like they're basically waving a white flag on this season and, and they're like, I don't think that they're they're that far out of it. Like I I was I was shocked. Uh I wish they would have done this two weeks ago so we went and had to play Chase this last weekend. <laughs> um Right. It definitely – San Fran is in, a, is, is in a bit of a free fall right now. And I think that uh, – I, I saw the statement, the rich get richer. And I think that's a very apropos statement. Um, God damn, like <laughs> – And, it, like, that disappoints me because the Eagles didn't make any real big – last minute moves. I was, I was hoping like everybody was talking about different running backs and things like that. I don't necessarily think that they need to do that. I mean, DeAndre has been very effective this year. They just need to run him more. 
Yeah, they don't utilize them, right? I I told exactly. you, uh, it's it hasn't exactly been like an undisputed tonight where it's Skip and Shannon, you know, trying to rip at each other's throats. I think we've been in in kind of lockstep, but I I I think more than anything, the, the Eagles need a, another corner. Like I I just don't like it. when we go play the well, the, even the Chiefs. I don't exactly know if they're firing on all cylinders. They might be by the time we play them, but. Man, like down the stretch in the playoffs, you know, potentially in the Super Bowl. It like I do I trust Bradbury and Slay and Blankenship and everybody else? Like they're gonna I'll put it to you this way. This this is my take on this team. Like if they don't get very good pass rush, they're gonna be in trouble. Like I, I think it really is that black and white defensively because I just don't trust these guys on, on the back end. Like I Slay has been getting killed by not everybody, but he's been getting killed enough to where I'm like, okay, I, I don't trust this. Bradbury got absolutely lit up by – I mean, I know McLaren is is a great player, but, like, I I just see this this defense has – it can be Swiss cheese at times. Like, it, it can be really – and that Miami game was the polar opposite, though. They get, they got enormous pressure on Tua, which allowed them to, to, to play good defense on the back end. And, like, yes, they've had to fill in – you know, 8 million different people in the secondary due to injuries and, and people not performing really. But I just, more than anything, like I, I know the Broncos were asking uh, an arm and a leg and a kidney for Sertan, but I would like, I, I just wish they would have went and got somebody other than uh, I think it's Byer, Bynard uh, from the Titans. The kid from the Titans. Yeah. I just that was my that's my biggest fear with this team is 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 really the the secondary really and, and like offensively like I think you you hit the nail nail on the head with that I I have to say like you DeAndre Swift if he was utilized effectively and I, and Brian Johnson needs to get his head out of his ass at times but it's I I really if if it's gonna be somebody letting you down it's gonna be the 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 uh the secondary I really I just I keep going back to that. See, I think that their uh their secondary gets lit up the way that it does because they they're hyper aggressive and they're always going for the turnover and, and the interception stuff like that. So when you make when you take chances like that, you're gonna get burned. Um. But, yeah, right now they're ranked 29th in the league out of 32 in uh, touchdown passes allowed. They've given up 16. Um, and conversely, our now our passing offense is 7th in the league. They, they've uh, they've Jalen's thrown for uh, 13. So, yeah, they just need to not – I think that – I think sometimes conservative is a little bit better. Yeah. And that they're not. And, but because of that, because they, they, they are hyper aggressive. They, that's why they get as many sacks as they do. And I mean, we better hope Jalen Carter's not hurt too bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. It's the linebacking core has been actually kind of better than I, I would have thought, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that that's that you you are right. They they definitely play completely different under Desai than they did Jonathan Gannon, which 
to for me, I wish there was a middle ground. Like now it's you're kind of on polar opposites of, of how they their style and, and just the way they go about their defensive scheme and things. Like at times I've I've loved it and at times I've you know hated it. But under Gannon, I kind of hated it all the time. So I, I will take in my opinion, I will take some of the you know, the big play mishaps and things. I, I think potentially they could correct some of that obviously with scheme and with really just this rotate like the musical chairs they've had to play with some of these guys like like some of them I've never heard of before you know them coming into the game and things like that this year so we'll see I mean there's still the the free agency market but I you know they're most of those guys are free agents for for a reason but hey I mean we we picked up Julio Jones and he scored a touchdown so you never yeah, know. He, he looked impressive. I, he, I'm, he, I'm shocked. Knock on wood, cross your fingers. If he can just stay healthy, um, you know, we might we might be able to utilize him here and there because, like, now you have to worry about – you don't really have to – I wouldn't say concern yourself with him, but when you have A.J. Brown, you know, setting records and, and getting a buck Devante. 30 every – Devontae and then Dallas Goddard really hasn't even been used enough, in my opinion, and – Swift out of the backfield and like it kind of the list goes on and on, but yeah, I I hope for the Eagles' sake they they just get things, just play balanced football. I mean, it, the good news is they're what seven and one now, and they they haven't played their best ball really, in my opinion. I think they they at times they've they've had flashes of it, but yeah, seven and one after the Commanders game, it, yeah. it's. Like you could argue the Dolphins game, um, and and I think they played really well against the Vikings. They had some mishaps, and Kirk Cousins played really really well against them. But um, that was the game DeAndre Swift like just absolutely did his thing. So we'll see um, when we come back from break. I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. <laughs> So uh, we were talking off air, and I had uh, told you that I have a uh, pretty good Penn State frat party story. Um, <laughs> I don't know how good this is. Um, I actually broke the law, so uh, luckily the statute <laughs> of limitations has since run out. Uh, you had made the statement like how you wish that you had lived in a, or you'd gone to college, or at least lived in a college town, and and whatnot. Well, I was, uh, when I was in the Navy, I was stationed in San Diego. And actually, I have two pen. I just realized, I remembered this. I have two, two stories. I was home on leave the year after the 94 undefeated team. And I had gone to the homecoming game against Indiana in 95. And I believe this was the first Penn State game I had ever attended. A regular season game. I had gone to a bunch of blue and white games, but never a regular season game. So I had gone up with my dad and I was, <laughs> I was home on leave after my first overseas cruise in the Navy. So I was 22 years old. I uh, just had been around the world, seen Hawaii twice, Australia, Thailand, Singapore, the Persian Gulf. So I was the man, man of the world, so to speak. Holy and shit. We went, <laughs> we went up to the uh, Penn State. <laughs> We went up to the uh, homecoming game. And so we got up there 
And my, my, I had a couple of uh, friends that were in the blue band, one that was in the blue band and one that was actually in color guard. And they were both telling me that they're like, come on, JM, you gotta stay for, you gotta stay for the, the parties and stuff like that. I was scheduled to fly out of BWI to report because my leave ended on Monday. So I was flying out of BWI on Sunday, the, the day after the game. And I, I told all these people, I'm like, no, I, I can't do this. Like my, my folks wanted to spend my last night with me. And it's understandably, I mean, and all that's because I had just been away for a year and they're like, Jim, they're like, all the parties are going to be off the chain, blah, 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 blah. That we didn't use <laughs> off the chain back then. Love. So on the way up to Penn state, um, cause it's, a, it's from where I lived in, uh, York is about probably the same distance as it is for you about two hours, a little over yeah. two hours. So I was, I was scheming to try to get up to these parties because I had never been to a Penn state party yet. So I played, <laughs> I played a card to my dad. I'm like, dad, you realize that you're, you're, making me pass up a chance to get late. That's very valid. We don't want to do that now, do we? So so we get up to the game, and it was a good game. Um, Penn State won, but Indiana scored two very, very late fourth-quarter touchdowns to make the spread look like it was a close game uh, because Joe Pa had the fucking fourth string and the no-water boy. And... So it looked like it was a close game, not even, nothing but. And I remember we had, uh, my dad and I had gone to the Rathskeller. And this is the first time I had ever drank with my dad out in, uh, like in a public establishment. And he, he bought me, he bought, we were actually drinking with two other, two of his friends uh, that we just met. And so we're like buying rounds and stuff like that. My dad bought me a round of Sam Adams and I'm just like, this is, this is pretty, pretty fucking cool. So I had convinced him to let me stay and we were going to stay the night up there. And I'm like, well, what mom, what's mom going to say? And he's like, I'll take care of her. So <laughs> I, my buddy who was, uh, he was a drummer in, in the blue band, had an apartment and stuff like that. Uh, I got his phone number, gave it to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, where are you going to go? And he's just like, well, he because he went to Penn State. So he went to his old – he's like, I'll just crash at my old fraternity house or something like that. No so shit. Like, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome too. Yeah. So it was uh, it was the middle of October, and we had started going to different parties and stuff like that. And uh, because of the beer that I already consumed with my dad, it didn't really take me long before I was feeling good. And my friends all around like midnight decided that they wanted to go like back and crash. I'm like, fuck that. I didn't come. I, first off, I wasn't with a chick yet. So and I'm like, I didn't come to goddamn state college homecoming to go to bed at midnight. <laughs> so I got the name of the apartment and I don't remember what it was um, and just took myself downtown. And I'm walking to different bars and stuff like that. I remember I was grinding up with this little beautiful Asian little girl. And so I, I decided that like bars close fucking three o'clock or whatever. I'm like, okay, I can't find my way home. I can't find my way back to the fucking apartment. 
and I'm walking around now. So it's it's fucking three o'clock in the morning in the middle of October. It's goddamn cold. Oh my uh, god! I don't have right. a jacket. I'm just wearing. Uh, I was wearing flannel, but so I finally found the apartment and got in there. And they're like, Joe, where the hell, Joey, where were you? And I'm like, ah, I was a blah blah. So okay, let's go crash, go sleep, whatever. I wake up around nine nine thirty, and I'm wonder, I'm like, because I've given my dad the number. And I'm like, did anybody call? And they're like, no, nobody's called yet. I'm like, well, my flights due at like uh, taking off at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, holy shit, in Baltimore. Go. Yeah, in Baltimore. exactly in Baltimore. So I'm sitting here, sitting here, and I'm like, fuck. So finally I call my mom, and she's beside herself. She's just like, where the hell are you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dad, and he's like, she's like, yeah, dad, call me. Like, He's like, he's been trying to call you. Here I gave my dad the wrong number by accident. Oh, my God. he's uh, Somebody's having a panic attack. If not, Oh, what? my God. So he's like, He's freaking out. I thought that he was in the fucking hospital or something like that because my, my dad was an alcoholic, so he's been known to put away plenty. So so I, I finally – my mom's just like, give me your number. So I give her my number, and finally my dad gets a hold of me and picks me up, and he fucking rails – like rails into me the whole way home. <laughs> just like my, to, to know Papa Joe, he could – he could make paint with her with his fucking attacks. And uh, I got, and I, everything was warranted. So I get down to, <laughs> I get down to Baltimore. Like we don't fucking like he's flying. He would pick up my shit in, in Dover and fucking fly down to Baltimore. I missed my flight. Oh. So I, had to spend, I had to spend the night in fucking BWI airport. Didn't have an apartment. didn't have a fucking hotel. To go to right now. So I slept with all the, that's an interesting scene, let me tell you. Um, so that was the first Penn God, State. And then, and, and then to like, not to cut you off, because yeah. this, this is a million-dollar story. You should charge me for it. But the uh, the fact that you are you miss your flight and you're going to, the, like, you're, ma- you're making the ultimate sacrifice in my mind. Like, that is just, like, I would be – Cause I'd be rattled. I'd be like, man, fuck. Like, this is just, Oh, I was, <laughs> like, I'd be so, and like, I don't like flying too. So it would just be like, I caught, it would be like the trifecta of just fuck me, you know? And, and so I called my ship and they're like, nah, it's, it's cool. Like you don't have to like you're a wall at 11 59 PM of that day. So unless there was some hideous problem with my flight and then it wouldn't be on me anyway. So I was all right with ship. So I was, that was what I was really worried about was getting in trouble with, with my ship. So I got out of the, I got out of the Navy in 98 and I got out on February and that's March. I remember this because it was um, Penn state was in the, Penn State's women team was in the NCAA tournament. The men were, were not. We went up. Um, I had a buddy that was in a band, and his band was invited to play at a frat party. Awesome. So Yeah, that's what, sick. What's that? That's like ultimate goals for me right there. Yeah, it was. So, <laughs> so the buddy that was in the band brought my best friend, my two best friends, and me along. And... So we were just like ready to go. 
So while they were playing, part of their payment was like they got fucking four or five cases of yingling, um, all that <laughs> stuff. So while they were playing, uh, we were drinking. <laughs> like the three, my my two friend, best friends and I, drank about half of their fucking payment. <laughs> And we were at this frat party. It was, I mean, it was, it was the only frat party I've ever been to, and it lived up into everything in its name. But my one best friend and I decided to like leave the party for some reason. I don't ask me why. So we're just drunkenly walking around State College, and we go into this other frat party that we, we had no idea where it's at. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. And so we're like we're drunk, and people are starting to talk to us, and they're like. Hey, do, do you know so and so? I'm like, huh? Like, so once they started to piece that piece it together that we weren't part of anybody there, these two frat guys like kind of motioned to uh, or like escorted us as though we were gonna like they were taking us someplace cool oh, and shit. escorted us out the fucking door. Yep. And said, you can't come back in here. So to show them that our appreciation, we pissed on their lawn and their bushes. And then, so then we went to another house that happened to be a sorority house. Now, this is where we broke the wall because we just left ourselves in. Uh, there was no party going on. We just left ourselves in. The door was unlocked. And we're just walking through the house, like looking at shit. And yep, we yep, walked yep, up, yep. upstairs. Um, they had a refrigerator there. I got out of fucking yogurt and ate some. <laughs> <laughs> like nowadays, we probably both would have been arrested. I mean, that's fucking burglary because <laughs> yeah. it was breaking and entering. And you know, once you commit a crime inside and, and misdemeanor third mis <laughs> misdemeanor three theft is still a crime that would have elevated the the entry into criminal trespass and a burglary. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, but nobody like nobody met us there. Like we just we were like bears. We just walked around a little bit and then just left ourselves out. We couldn't find the original frat party for the longest time and then finally we did the the band member was pissed as hell because like he finally got us all together and like what the fuck do you like you guys drank two cases of beer like two cases of beer between three guys is a is a fair amount of beer <laughs> and we're like nah. and so we drove home that night and we got maybe halfway uh we got to like fucking I don't know where we got, but we were just like, we can't drive anymore. Like we're exhausted. We're all drunk. And so we just like pulled alongside the road and fucking slept. And <laughs> the, I remember my best friend and I had the worst gas and it was cold. We had the worst gas and just fucking shitting up a storm. That fucking car reeked. I don't think it got right for like two weeks. <laughs> it was bad and that was uh, uh, that was my penn state frat store oh my god I love, it brings me like oh man like i i kind of went on I, i'm not gonna say a, a statewide tour of of pennsylvania colleges but i i spent my good amount of time at kutztown i spent my good at shippensburg it was epic um and and uh miller's i'm like years removed from this now like look at now it's like Half the like you you talking about breaking and entering. I used to do like I'd be 
you know, six, five, four or five, even like four beers deep. I'd be like, let's like, I'd, I'd be leading the pack. Like, let's go into this house and see what's going on. Like if something was like falling apart over here, we'd be like, all right, let's go in here. And like, we would walk, there were places we walked in and then people would be like, what the fuck? Do you know anybody here? And I'd just be like, yeah, man, Chris, Chris told me to come. I just make something up on the spot and it worked a couple of times. And then I just like similar to your story, but my God, like, I'll just tell you one real quick. When, when I went up to Shippensburg, it was like, I can't remember the street, but there it's like frat house, frat house, frat house, frat house. It's like literally just a two way, two lane street and just frat house, frat house, like the entire frat row. Yeah. Yeah. Frat row. Yeah. And it's like right near the tennis courts. If if anybody knows the Shippensburg area, that's like, and I swear to God, there were places I've, I've been in in Millersville where I thought the ceiling was going to fall down because, like, there's people up here, you know, jumping up and down and just going crazy. And then, like, the c- ceiling's shaking and, and the you know, the chandeliers and, and such things are just fucking vibrating like to hell. But when I was in Shippensburg, I mean, there was probably uh, – to say there was, like, 150 people in that house was probably accurate – in this one house and I could literally feel the entire ground. Like the, the, the framework of the house felt like it was gonna like just come undone. And I was like, Holy fucking shit. Like the, this is just, it's just, it's a whole different world. And, and like looking back, there's probably things I, I did that I, you know, I'm lucky nothing worse happened for sure. Yes. <laughs> but um, to say like, to look back and say, do I regret it? Absolutely not. Like I would. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now we, luckily we got, I mean, we got lucky enough that we don't have to regret those things. Cause <laughs> yeah, there's definitely things that, that we did that, that probably warranted us being placed elsewhere, <laughs> but that's the shit that, that memories are made of. And, and yeah, I don't regret a single, I regret many things, but my, my drinking exploits, I don't have a single regret. No, no, it's, it's, oh man, trip down memory lane, but it's, uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's awesome. Like, yeah, I, I can't explain to you how much fun I used to, that, that those, those type of environments are just, there's nothing like it. And it's just, I don't know. There's nothing like it. I'll say it like that. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, we really uh we rode the emotional train this episode. Unfortunately, it has to uh get a little bit somber as as the late great Bobby Knight has uh has passed. Um really I think just like an hour or so before couple maybe a couple hours before we sometime we, this evening. Right. Yeah, just you know, this evening. But um I think eighty three years old if I'm not mistaken, and it's uh yeah, obviously a legend of the game and uh very passionate coach to say the least. So uh, yeah, rest in peace to Bobby Knight. I'll let you uh issue your condolences and and do our shout outs and 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 we'll kind of make our way out of this episode. Yeah, I uh, I mean I was lucky enough to have grown up watching the general coach. Um, I remember the '86 Indiana team that won it all when when Keith Smart hit that shot over Ronnie Cycli. Um, maybe it wasn't Ronnie Cycli, but I know Cycli was on that Syracuse squad and passionate doesn't even begin to like, just scratches the surface of the amount of emotion that that man had for his. And even though he was physically, I mean, at times physically abusive to his players, um, <laughs> I don't think that 
like he didn't do it out of hatred. He just did it out of love. And, and I mean, tough love. And I'm not saying I agree with everything that he did and, and things like that, but he got the shaft at Indiana. And I like <laughs> one of my favorite memories of, or favorite stories of Bobby Knight though, is uh, they wrote a book about um, John Feinstein, who's a, a very well-renowned author, wrote a book called A Season on the Brink. And it covered the, I, I think it covered the 87 Hoosiers uh, the year after they won the national championship. Or maybe it was the year that they won the national championship. I can't remember. Old age sucks. So uh, Bobby was, they were, uh, Feinstein was interviewing him and stuff like that. He followed the team around for the whole season uh, and just, if you ever get a chance to read a John Feinstein book, I highly recommend it because he's a fantastic sports author. It makes you just feel like he, that you're in there. He wrote a book about the ACC um, conference tournament back uh, in 1997 when uh, Duncan was still at Wake Forest. That to this day, like I used, I went to, because I was cheap at the time, I went to Barnes and Noble's probably two times a week to read, sit down and read that book. That's how fan, fucking fantastic this book was. So, um, so he, uh, he wrote this book called season on the brink and he, Indiana was having um, point guard troubles and there was a point guard that was a uh, Indiana legend. His name was Damon Bailey. Uh, he was like Mr. Indiana, I think two years in a row, all this stuff. He was a four-year starter at, for the Hoosiers and stuff like that. But when they wrote this book, he was in seventh grade. And Bobby had already started recruiting him in his seventh grade year. Now, <laughs> back in the mid-80s, this was a little unorthodox, to say the least. And he had said... He told this one sports announcer, like, what are you doing? What are you doing tonight, Bobby? He's like, I'm going to watch a seventh grader play that could start on our start on our fucking starting five at point guard. <laughs> and I don't know why I love that story, but that made me a big Damon Bailey fan. And I mean, he had a fantastic, he had a, a solid uh, NCAA career. Didn't do squat in the fucking pros, but solid, solid college career. But yeah, um, there are not many coaches like the general, and it was truly a, a sad day in the college basketball world. And so our thoughts and prayers go out to his, his family. Of course. Yeah, it's it's it seems like and I don't know, maybe I say this every year, but it seems like we keep and it's the way of life. Like, obviously, I'm not going to get philosophical on on a sports podcast or try not to, but it just seems like, um, you know, we just, we're losing icons. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, and it's, it happens, but it just seems like it's happening almost more and more. And it's just, it just sucks. I mean, there's no other, like, I'm not a big silver lining guy on death. I mean, I hope, you know, I don't want anybody to suffer. So like if, you know, if it ends someone suffering, that's, that's different, but it's, uh, yeah. Like when, 
it's a weird, not even a comparison, but when Mike Leach died, I was like, man, that, that, that hit me. Like not that yeah. Bobby Knight, not that Bobby Knight hasn't hit, you know, that that's obviously extremely significant and, and, you know, how much you've watched college basketball and, and just, you know, being a, a student to the game, like, and, and just know, like, obviously I know who he is. I, I know some things about him for sure. And I've seen him talk a lot on, on various programs, but it just, it's it, it, no one is like, Oh, another one is like when Kobe Bryant died, I was like, man, that is just, it's insane. Like, yeah, now that that's was really obviously a different, a complete, like, you know, he's only 40 years old and, and like Bobby Knight is, is obviously in his, in his early age, but like no one escapes it. I'll put it that way. Like it, it just it, like, it's crazy to think, but like Michael Jordan will pass away one day. Like it, it's just, I, I don't like thinking like that, but you know what I mean? It, it's right. It's, well, it, it's, it's funny that you bring up Jordan because when my, uh, my best friend was over to, this evening and we were talking about that and uh, he's just like, cause we were talking about Matthew Perry passing yeah, away. Right. And like that, that really hit me because he was, I mean, friends was popular during my coming of age years. So that's not just my like adolescence. That's my early adulthood like very very fond memories and i mean mike leach really hit me hard too because it, it, he was relatively young yeah and it for was sure. completely i mean yeah i didn't i don't know maybe bobby was on his death i mean was sick or something like that i i don't know that but when you're 83 years old death isn't that big of a shock but right. when you're fucking 40 like kobe or i mean Mike, I think, was in his late fifties, early sixties, maybe. Yeah, it was kind of a shock. So, yeah, those. But when you talk about losing icons, the problem with being an icon is you don't get to be an icon. I mean, you're not really an icon normally until you're older and people are able to appreciate what you've done for your specific sport or or whatever, whatever walk of life you, you are in. So yeah, like when Jordan died, but yeah, my best friend said, yeah, like it's going to really hit me hard when Jordan dies. And I'm just like, yeah, God, like, God. yeah. Can you imagine? Like I was, it's funny. Like, cause he's 60. Like I think he's 59 or 60. Like, right. And it's just like, I was watching the last dance the other night. I was just watching it back. And I was like, my God, this guy is just uh, like, Obviously, him as a – I'm sure he's different as a person than he was an on, on the court or, or on the practice court competitor. But, like, what an absolute – like, and I don't mean this in, a, in any negative light whatsoever, but, like, a menace. Like, he was just an absolute killer on the, on the basketball court. Like, they, they just – and, like, I, I'm going to sound like I'm 80 years old when I say this, but, like, they just don't – they don't make them like that anymore. Like, they don't – like, the kids that are in the NBA now – it's just like everybody wants the max money. Everybody wants to join a super team. Like it's just, and you know, that might come across as like, Oh, well, you know, you need to adapt to how it is now, whatever. But like, it's not what it used to be as far as that is. You know what I mean? It's a completely percent agree. And like, I think Kobe would, and, and that's a good, that's a, that will actually be a fantastic topic for us. Uh, maybe in a slower period of time, like talking about current players that have that 
mentality of like from the 80s and the 90s like because it was, it was a completely different game then. and that's why like when people talk about who's the best player of all time i think lebron is an amazing athlete uh, and he may actually be more physically gifted with skills than jordan but i mean he doesn't and his statistical prowess is is fantastic and obviously it eclipses jordan but that doesn't make him anywhere near as good. I mean, as good of a player as, as MJ. And there's just no. I mean, six and zero in the fucking finals. Never like, to a game seven. Yeah. Never to a game. Yeah. He's just like I saw a fucking great meme one time, and they were saying that uh, LeBron is X and uh, X and Y in game sevens, and there's a picture of Scotty and Mike looking at each other. What's a game seven? <laughs> yeah no and uh, it's just like when when uh, i'll never forget that like when kobe like that shook me the whole day because kobe was like my uh, it shook me a hell of a lot longer than a day uh, well yeah but like i i just like yeah you know what i mean like i just yeah i sat there and i like couldn't believe that like that was one where i was like this is not and it, it's like i said i'm not trying to get extremely philosophical on this show but it like makes you it's like damn like he had only a couple years retired. Like he, he, who knows what that man would have done. Like, and he was already like making children's books. Like I, I, I just, his, obviously his mentality was, was bought, you know, special. And, and that's an understatement, but like, I, I just think of who knows what he would have accomplished and like, just what more like, not that he didn't make a massive impact, obviously in sports, but like, what could he have done? You know, he had a lot more to give. A to lot more, like he was scratching the surface, in my opinion. Right, and he uh, he could have been become a like a like an empire to himself because I mean, one, his intelligence was beyond compare. Like he was fucking super super smart, and I mean, not that these other players aren't, but yeah, he just had a lot to lot to offer the world, and. Yeah, definitely, definitely too soon. Um, uh, I mean, at least I mean the general led a long and fruitful life. So yeah, and we and we were lucky enough that to to be able to witness him. Like, and and you just got to be grateful for what we have. Yeah, hundred percent. That that's gonna set it better myself. That's man. It's just uh, I start. I don't know. Then I go down this rabbit hole of like, who's next? You know, like it's just it, it sucks, but it's. Like you said, you gotta you gotta be grateful for for what's here and and while it's here, because you never like not to get like I said not to get super <laughs> deep, but you never know um, when you're when 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 it'll end. So right, you want to uh, look at the big picture, but also appreciate what's going on while it's happening, because like you said, I mean, tomorrow there's never <laughs> tomorrow's not guaranteed. It really isn't. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just the world we live in, and. And if I, tried... I die tomorrow now, you're going to, I'm blaming you. <laughs> All I'm right. coming back and haunting this fucking podcast. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, I'm not, well, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> That's stopping your tracks. There's a lot that can be yeah, just, yeah, man. But no, <laughs> with, with everything, uh, with all that being said, uh, got to shout out the 1420. If this mic, this mic wants to die tonight, but uh, keeps falling off the table. Uh, the fourteen twenty sports podcast. 
with their now uh, actually 10 million different shows. It's gone from eight to 10 million different shows they have going on. So not too yep. bad in uh, three days. <laughs> not not bad. Um, check those out. Check uh, fan of the van, Jim Plotner. He uh, we've been going back and forth. He definitely want to collab on on something here soon. So we're going to try and make that happen uh, potentially on the on a weekend coming up. And two dudes with sports news. Um, there's a lot of other podcasts that have, have followed back recently and, and, you know, shouted us out and I've, I've done the same. So definitely appreciate all, all of you, you know, who you are. I will, uh, definitely tag you and yeah, much appreciate the support. If, if you guys made it this, this far, I commend you. Uh, you must have nothing better to do, but, uh, you know, if you feel free to give us a rate, um, you know, follow us on Twitter at brutally honest, uh, without the T and I'll let Joey close it out. I think you did a fantastic job. We're just watching uh, Akron <laughs> with uh, Coach Joe Moorhead, the uh, big Joe Mo from the Penn State days, uh, trying to go down here and hopefully kick a field goal and put this in overtime so they can cover a four-point spread. <laughs> Good luck to uh, – yeah, I remember that name. Um, but, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday after – what hopes to be another Penn State victory. Peace.